Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Please help me welcome Apostle Ryan the Strange. Ryan the Strange, how you doing tonight? I'm good. Listen, I'm excited. And before we get started, I got to say, I think you have one of the best audiences. I see the engagement. People are getting delivered around the world. And you're seeing it, as you said, like you guys are actually showing up in person saying, okay, we've heard it online, but we want deliverance in person. So I'm really excited because I really believe, and I always tell people this, that the thing I've come to understand in my quest to know God better and more is that when we deal with deliverance, it's kind of a multifaceted thing. It's the ekbalo or cast out, expel, get rid of the devil. And then it's like you have to begin to retrain your brain. You have to get teaching. You have to kick the devil out of your daily thought process. And that part is like a process because when we get saved, our minds didn't get saved. So a lot of what we're going to talk about tonight is teaching is going to help you guys after you've had stuff cast out, but now you're trying to fight the fight of faith. This is going to help you. And so I'm glad to be here. I'm thankful for you, what you're doing around the world and and really this red hot hunger that's here tonight. Thank you so much. And we do have so many people in the chat that are fired up. As you guys can see, Apostle Ryan the Strange is a preacher, and I'm just excited. This book that we're going to be talking about and sharing on overcoming spiritual attack had a radical impact on my life. I found it as, just to give you a story, Apostle Ryan, I don't know if you know this, but I, uh, my uncle, who's also my pastor, Nino, he gave me the article. So I found, the, or he found the article and was like, you need to read this article. And this was years ago. I believe it was on Charisma, if I'm not mistaken. And I read this article and I was like, everything I felt like started to make sense. And for some of you, this is what it's going to be. And I started looking at, man, the lack of passion and these different attacks that you talk about and we'll talk about here tonight. And I started realizing the stuff that we go through is not random because even up to that point, there was things I was going through that I thought, oh, it's just everybody goes through it. It's not spiritual. It's not an attack. And guys, one of the most dangerous places you can be is when you're going through something, come on, chat, help me, and not really even know what you're going through. And people say, hey, Isaiah, what's wrong with you hey veronica what's wrong with you hey will hey carissa what's wrong with you and you're you know you're going through it but you don't even know what's wrong with you there's no reason why you should feel like your passion's gone or you should feel depressed or you should feel tired or you should feel weary or you should feel discouraged and believers don't teach or preach about that it could be a spiritual attack and so i found out the article after sending it to everybody i knew wasn't just an article well actually we read it in front of our whole team at the time there was about 80 of us and then i found out oh there's actually a book This must have been actually right when the book came out, maybe right after, maybe 2017. But I was like, man, there's actually a book. So I got the book. And then I was looking at my Amazon today. I've sent this book to so many people. The beauty of Amazon is you can just send it to whoever. You just type in their address. And this book has not only changed my life, helped me, but helped so many people realize what they're going through. And this is the thing, guys. If we can realize what we're going through, that there is a real enemy we face, that if we don't understand his attacks and schemes, we're at a massive disadvantage. If we just ignore the devil like most churches do, we're at a mass disadvantage. And I just want to say this. I thought about today, 2 Corinthians 2.11, where it says, so that Satan will not outsmart us, we need to be familiar with his evil schemes. So for so many believers, Satan is outsmarting them. There's pastors like, the devil's not real, demons aren't real. And I'm like, you're proof that Satan is outsmarting you by getting to you to believe that de- Christians cannot be attacked. 
Christians cannot be demonized. Christians cannot go through anything. We're now letting the enemy, which the definition of outsmart is to be more <coughs> clever and defeat us by being better than us. We're letting the enemy defeat us. So I want to challenge you as we start this, guys. I want to challenge the chat. Don't, you got to get tired of letting the devil outsmart you. You got to get tired of letting the devil get at you and be better than you at what he does and say, no, 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 I'm going to understand the strategies. <coughs> I'm going to understand the plans. And I believe tonight as we preach, as we share, as we pray at the end, that these spiritual attacks are not only going to make sense, but many of you are going to break out of these spiritual <clears throat> attacks tonight in Jesus' name. I believe it's going to happen. Amen. Yeah, I love what you said, and this is, I think, where we need to start. We need to understand the nature of the devil. So I want to just mm. quote a very simple scripture. You guys know this. If you, you've not watched broadcasts here and not learned this, but this is the thing. We need to be repetitious in our training that we continually retrace the pathway of Jesus. And so in John 10, 10, Jesus said something so simple. And I've heard people try to be revelatory with this verse and say, it's not the devil Jesus talking about. I believe it's absolutely the devil he's talking about. Yes, Jesus is giving a, a parabolic presentation, but I believe what he's revealing is the nature of Satan. And as you just said, what Satan loves to do is to hide. One of the reasons I believe God uh, God really releases vision, and Paul is praying to for the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 1, that the eyes of their understanding, their inner man be enlightened, is because what vision does is it brings revelation. And Satan hates revelation because when something is revealed to you, faith is released. And so John 10, 10 said, the thief cometh not, but, and it's a threefold mission of Satan, to steal, to kill, and destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. And so the nature of Satan is to kill, to steal, to destroy. Satan wants to kill your destiny. He wants to physically kill you because the faster he can get you off earth, if you're born again, radicals for God, then the faster, the faster he can get you out of here, the faster he can shut down your purpose. So Satan loves car accidents. He loves diseases. He loves premature death. You know, there are spirits of premature death. I think one of the things that we've seen from March 2020 to now with the current situation is we've seen anointed people full of the Holy Ghost get sick and suddenly die. And I was talking to a preacher today that said, there are people in my church this has happened to all of a sudden. And they said, it's not, you know, and I'm not saying this rudely, but they said, it's not like some of my just regular members. It's like some of my high level leaders. Satan is always looking for an entry point. So he wants to kill you. He wants to kill you physically. If he can't kill you physically, then he wants to incapacitate you. Like Isaiah was talking about, that you're under this cloud of heaviness. You're going around gloomy and doomy. You don't know why. You don't have zeal. You don't have boldness. You don't have energy. Where you used to be red hot, now you're lukewarm. And Satan loves that because ultimately, if he can't kill you physically, he wants to destroy you spiritually and emotionally. And sometimes the devil can get our emotions so damaged that even though we're saved, even though we love God, this our, our spirit man is getting locked up in our emotions. And so Satan comes to kill your emotions. He comes to steal from you. The devil wants to steal your sense of purpose. He wants to steal your sense of destiny. You know, there's a, a, a mega a release of depression blanketing the nation of the world. I see so many people, they say, I'm anxious. I have anxiety. I'm depressed. I understand over the last many months, 
We, we've seen trauma in a level we've never seen it before. Our lives have been changed in a way in our lifetime. We've never experienced it before. I understand that. But do you know that Psalms 91 declares to us, we can abide in a secret place of protection, of preservation, and of peace. But Satan wants to steal from you. And then he wants to destroy. He wants to destroy the plan of God. He wants to destroy revelation. He wants to destroy purpose. He wants to destroy relationships. As I'm speaking, I hear the Lord say, many of you have been under relationship attacks and the enemy has been trying to breach and break relationships. And some of you say, I don't know what to do. I've went to the person. I've done everything. Listen, you need to begin to intercede over your relationships. And maybe God is releasing you from some relationships. But I feel firmly in the spirit tonight that many of you, your relationships are under attack. Oftentimes, when God wants to get something through, I mean, to your life, he'll lead a person across your path. When God wants to bring you to another level, he'll give you a destiny helper. When God wants to release an impartation, he'll bring somebody. When God wanted to elevate Elisha, he brought Elijah. When God wanted to propel Timothy, he brought Paul. We need destiny helpers. When God wanted to send Paul on his apostolic journey, he sent the Philippian church. It was unusual. They were different from the other churches Paul led. Why? Because time and again, they kept giving. Even when Paul wasn't preaching to them. Even when Paul wasn't with them, they had vision of his apostolic purpose. Every one of you needs people around you and voices speaking into you that are destiny partners. And Satan wants to destroy that. So if I was the devil, what would be the greatest thing that I would try to do to deceive people? Well, it's what Isaiah said. I would try to convince people that I'm not real. I would try to convince people uh, they don't need to be ministered to in the area of deliverance. They don't need to rebuke the devil. They don't need to bind the devil. And I would just try to get them into this haze of, uh, what do I want to say, sort of Christianity light where they're not winning souls. They're not healing the sick. They're not praying aggressively. They're not praying boldly. You know, Isaiah, and I know you feel this way because we've discussed this. I've seen many of our great churches, and I'm using the term great, meaning they're maybe great in size or influence, that I'll, I'll tune into a Sunday morning or I'll watch something. And, and I'm not trying to be critical, Come but on. there's just no kind of bam on it. It's like everything is quiet. Everything is tepid. And I think to myself, some of the great preachers from the last generation and the generation before that we've written about, we've talked about that they preached on the miraculous. They laid hands on people. They cast out demons. But yet many of our churches today have abandoned that in favor of just telling stories, uh, just sort of having happy hour. And so one of the tricks that brings us into spiritual attack is the trick of camouflage spirits, that these demons hide. And we have preachers, listen to what I'm about to say, we have preachers that do not permit us to see. Paul was permitting and pushing the church at Ephesus to see because I cannot cast out what I don't identify and I cannot confront what I have not seen. So it's very important that we are Christians. Now, someone said to me, okay, wait a minute, Ryan. Are you looking for a demon under every bush? No, I'm not. But if there's one there or there's two there, three there, four there, five there, I want to identify it and I want to cast it out. And the reason I wrote this book that we're talking about, Overcoming Spiritual Attack, the Lord showed me. He said, many people think they're just having a bad week. 
Many people just think, well, this is a different season for me. I, I'm not, you know, red hot like I used to be. I'm in the marriage season, the career season. But you can be red hot for God in every season of your life. And many of you are feeling lethargic. You're feeling devoid of passion. And it is the enemy. And so that's why we want to share with you tonight and on the replays. And we want to motivate your faith. That as a Christian, you don't have to live in a place of lethargy. So the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his assignment. So good. And I, I oh man, I'm over here. I'm going to fall out of my chair. I already told you I'm having trouble not yelling. You guys are like, why are you saying wow on the mic? Because I'm telling you right now, this is so true. And this is one thing that I've been telling people that make blows my mind when they go to their pastor. I just had a guy just last week say, I delivered my wife for the first time. It was powerful. God move. We've been Christians. And you hear this all the time. We've been Christians forever. We've never heard about spiritual warfare. We've never heard about deliverance. We always got told that you're just always going to be that way. You're just going to be depressed. It's normal to be anxious. It's normal to be depressed. Pastors say it's normal to hear voices because they're not willing to confront the things causing the depression, mm. to confront the things causing the anxiety. And so he goes, he delivers his wife. He's like, it was incredible, which if you do deliverance for the first time, you guys will know your faith builds. It's the power of God. It's the finger of God. It's the arrival of God's kingdom. It's the fingerprint of God. Deliverance is so powerful in so many different ways. So he goes to his pastor. He's so excited. Like my wife's delivered the confusion, the anxiety, all the stuff she's going through. We literally cast the demons out of her and they're, they're on leadership. And you already know where I'm going with this. They're on leadership of the church. He goes to the pastor. We did deliverance of my wife. Now, instead of the pastor saying, praise the Lord, she's been delivered in Luke 13. She's been loosed after years of bondage. He said, Christians can't have demons. So here, and here's what he says. So maybe your wife wasn't genuinely saved. So now wow. this is mind blowing to me, Apostle Ryan Lestrange, instead of defending the wife and saying, praise the Lord, God has freed her. We defend the enemy and we put the blame on the people and say, well, maybe you just weren't a Christian if you're being attacked. But here's what I want to challenge the chat. 3000 of you, praise the Lord watching, share this broadcast. Here's what I want to challenge you with. If the devil already owns the world, if the devil, the Bible says, controls the world, he's the lowercase God of the world. The Bible says in Revelation, all of the world is under his power. The Bible says he's the prince of the air. He rules from the air. Jesus did not debate Satan when Satan said, I have all of this. Jesus didn't say, no, you don't. I do. Because Satan does have dominion over the earth. He does have power over the earth. If Satan owns all these people, the celebrities, the people you watch on TV, then why is he going to waste all of his effort attacking them? Why is he going to waste all of his effort on people that he already owns? So what is the devil putting his effort towards? What is the devil attacking? It's the body of Christ. And he's trying to make you think it's not him. And so here's what we do. We go under spiritual attack and we go medicate the attack. We say, oh man, I'm under this attack. Maybe I just need therapy. Maybe I just need medication. You know, I'm a pastor. Maybe I need a sabbatical. Friend, I hate to tell you this. A sabbatical is not going to get a demon out of you. It's only going to let it be there longer. So these hiding demons, these spiritual attacks that we go through need to be identified and we need to break out of them. So if you don't understand that demons or the devil could attack, and guys, you know when we say the devil, we're talking about demons. We know the devil can only be at one place at one time, but these are his demons that work for him and do his bidding. But understand if you don't realize that you could be under an attack, you're going to use carnal weapons. You're not going to use the right weapons and you're going to use prescription pills instead of prayer. You're going to use counseling <coughs> instead of fasting. So we must identify. And I don't know why this is, 
We think we're invincible. We think, oh, I have the Holy Spirit. I'm invincible. I can't be attacked. Yet understand all throughout scripture, the people of God were coming under attack. The people of God were being attacked by God's enemies and they were using people to attack them. So there's no war in history where there's no enemy. There's no battle in history where there's not an attack or else Paul wouldn't have said in Ephesians 6 that we need to put on the armor to withstand the battle so that after the battle, you're going to stand firm. So there is a battle. There are attacks and we need to understand, put on the armor of God, get the word of God so that we can stand firm. The worst thing you can do, and I'm going to say this last thing here. The worst thing you can do is to not believe the battle's real. The worst thing you can do is not know the enemies you face and to be in denial. So it doesn't matter if you're a leader, a pastor, a preacher. If you're wrong, just say, Lord, I'm wrong. Open up my eyes. Let me realize that these things are real. And I believe, Apostle Ryan, that this message tonight is not just for Christians. In fact, I would say it's more for leaders, more for pastors and preachers, because they are on the front lines. And so I'm tired of watching ministers take their life. I'm tired of watching ministers' families break apart. I've had several people I know that were ministers that took their own life. I'm tired of watching depression, anxiety, fear, this fear of man, the pressure ravage the leaders of the American church. It is time as the body of Christ that we take a stand, that we get bold, and we understand that we are waging war. And Paul said in 1 Timothy 1.18 that you need to wage the good warfare. So be good at war. Don't just sit back. Fight hard. Fight strong. Listen, I might go down swinging, but I'm swinging. I'm not playing around. I'm not letting the devil win. I'm overcoming these spiritual attacks. Spiritual attacks are real, and the enemy's violently fighting to come against the church. And we need a thousand Ryan Lestrange. We need a thousand Isaiah Salvars. We need a million people on the deliverance map doing deliverance, casting out demons, preaching this thing. We need to raise awareness. The more you know about the enemies you face, the easier time you'll have dealing with them. And so it's essential that we we go into the spiritual attacks, talk about overcoming them tonight. Amen. You know, I want to touch on what you said that that couple experienced because I, I, I it's a perfect setup for one of the reasons I wrote this book and one of the big attacks that we all face. And that is the attack against revelation. So in that story, this couple got revelation. They heard something they never heard before. We've probably all been in the service. I can remember getting born again having what I now know was prophetic experiences before being born again. I was seeing demons, having demon dreams because my eyes were open to the spiritual realm, but it was only darkness because that's, I wasn't saved. I got saved. The Lord started encountering me. I started hearing his voice, having these experiences, but I didn't even really know the terminology prophetic or prophesied. So I began to learn these things, but I remember the first time I got in atmospheres where people were giving language and instruction from the Bible to the prophetic, it was revelation to me. But now everybody that's had that moment in their life, I, I love to talk about giving because I think people face this in giving. They, they've never tied the day in their life. They get saved or they already saved and get into great church. They hear the message of giving, of tithing. They start sowing. They hear that, hey, if I give, it's going to be given unto me and God's going to bless me, all this stuff. And then boom, they give. And it's like, wait a minute, my finances are under attack because there are demons that come after revelation. I'm going to explain to you why. Because Jesus in John 1, 1 said, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. So one of the ways we encounter Jesus, 
we get glimpses of Jesus is when the word of God is lifted off the printed page and written into our hearts. This is the mystery of the difference between the Old Testament in which the word was written upon tablets of stone and the New Testament. Paul said, you are living epistles. As you walk with God, revelation comes. And uh, the Bible said in Romans 10, 17, faith comes, the ability to please God, the ability to stand, the ability to receive from the Lord, it comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the word word there in the the Greek is not logos, which means written word, but it's rhema, which means spoken word. People will say, how, how do you do this thing? Whatever thing it is I might be doing. You know, Isaiah, how are you doing these broadcasts? How are you Because God speaks. And when God speaks at his spoken word, at the point of revelation, there is faith that is released in your life. I remember reading healing scriptures and then studying the lives of great ministers that had powerful healing ministries and then laying hands on people, believing God. And in the beginning days of doing that, many times I prayed, nothing would happen. I prayed for someone else, nothing would happen. But I believed the word. I stood on the word. I warred with the devil. I didn't understand there are certain guardian spirits that will try to withhold certain realms of operation from you. And sometimes you got to go into fasting and prayer to break through that doorway. And so Satan comes against the revelation. In Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sower, the Bible said, it came to pass as he sowed, to sow without a sow. Some fell by the wayside. So we know there's going to be some people that watch this, that read my book, that read things Isaiah's putting out, that do all the stuff. But for whatever reason, that siege is going to kind of fall by the wayside. They're not going to really catch it. And, and that's a work of the devil in and of itself. But then the Bible said, the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. So there were literally, I believe, demonic entities whose primary assignment is that when the seed of revelation is planted, those spirits come and they come to get you. And if you study this parable out in the different gospels, uh, uh, it, it says immediately at one point that very rapidly, very quickly, these demonic entities come to do what? To steal the seed. And it gives us a whole bunch of categories of how the seed is stolen. Some people never come into revelation because it falls on stony ground. Their heart is hard. You know, I can't really get revelation if I'm sitting there with my arms folded saying, I don't believe nothing this guy's saying. I don't care. My, my uncle said this. My grandmother said this. First church said this. Then I'm, I, it's going to be very challenging for me to get revelation. And that stony ground, the Bible said, immediately sprang up, but it had no depth of earth. So when the sun came out, it was scorched because there was no root. Some fell among thorns. The thorns grew up and choked it. The devil sends all kinds of junk. And we have mixture of we're believing some of God's word and some of the world's advice. So we're believing good counsel and bad counsel. We believe we can be saved and be carnal at the same time. And those things come to choke it up. Others fell on good ground. And so the good ground literally produced. And all through scripture, Genesis 8, 22, said as long as the earth remains, There'll be seed, time, and harvest. Uh, the Bible speaks of the kingdom as a seed. Uh, the Bible says, despise not the day of small beginnings. Transformation in your life begins with revelation. So this couple went into spiritual warfare in that their pastor said, I don't believe in that. I remember years ago, Isaiah, I was pastoring in a rural town of Virginia. I was like probably one of the only churches. There, there was probably some old line Pentecostal churches that I didn't didn't know very well. Maybe that's very small membership, but I was probably sort of the only contemporary spirit-built church with the growing membership that actually laid hands on the sick and prophesied and cast out demons. There were others that maybe did one of those, but not the other one. 
And so I had a guy come to my church and the guy began to tell me how he was horrifically abused as a child in the worst type of ways. And he said, one night when this abuse was taking place, I saw like a black shadowy figure. Now, because we've dealt with demons, we understand that's a demon. I saw this black shadowy figure come through the wall of my room as I'm being abused and come inside of me. And all of my life, I've had certain struggles. Now, uh, some people get so demonized that what's inside begins to manifest outside. And so if this goes on year after year after year, depending on what kind of a spirit, an unclean spirit, they'll start becoming very unclean in their actions, their gestures. I've seen people literally physically not want to bathe, physically not want to clean themselves. And this guy kind of was in this thing. You could look at him and know something is wrong. And it wasn't just, you know, he got, he has a chemical imbalance. No, this was deeper than that. And so he described this to me and said, I want deliverance. Now, in my early days, I would just jump on somebody like that immediately. But I had seen cases where people who we minister deliverance to, we cast the devil out of, they go back to a church like that, get under that kind of teaching week after week, and now they got seven more demons, and they're worse off than before. So I asked him, because I said, what church do you go to? He told me. Now, I knew this church. This church was, was a, a church that their revelation was very simple. They were an evangelistic type church with one hour services and, and no confrontational stuff. And I just sort of knew their culture. So when I said, he told me to church, I said, have you talked to your pastor? He said, yes. I said, what did the pastor say? He said, he threw his head back and laughed and said, we don't believe in that stuff here. And so I said to the man, before I minister to you, I want you to come to six weeks of services because I want the, I want the truth to pound you I want your mind to be renewed. And I don't want you to go back after we ministered you and go back into that. Why? Because that unbelief would have stolen the seed. So I want to just set this up. Many of you are under spiritual attack today. And here's the way the devil works. The devil will hit your finances, but he's not really after your money. Yes, sometimes he is. But many times he's in your finances to bring stress into your life because you've just decided to be a prayer warrior. And he's after the revelation of prayer. Sometimes you get turned on fire for God and say, I'm going to sign up and learn deliverance from Isaiah and others and get on the deliverance map in my community. And then all of a sudden you get into strife in your marriage. Yes, the devil's after your marriage, but he's after that revelation of deliverance. Sometimes you learn something, you do something like this couple did, you experience great breakthrough, and then somebody makes fun of you or belittles you, and the enemy comes to steal the revelation. Another story, I remember a man with cancer, and this man was going to a, a church that did not believe in healing. He had terminal cancer, he was in a wheelchair. One of the great healing evangelists was holding a conference, a, a crusade. The, the friends of this man took him. This was his last hope. He went got into the anointing, jumped out of the wheelchair, and had all of the signs outwardly of a miracle. Now, let me just say this. He didn't get new scans at this time. He didn't have any of that. So with what you could see with the natural eyes, there was an immediate difference. But he went back to his church that did not believe in this, and they told him that was erroneous, that was not true, that was not valid, and he believed it. And within a short period of time, he was in a worse condition than before he received that breakthrough. So Satan comes, and Mark Moore tells this, he sends demonic entities to fight your mind, to fight your family, to fight your money, to belittle the revelation. He's coming after the seed. In the kingdom of God, 
Everything begins as a seed. And then the Bible said, first comes the blade. That's the first piece of growth. Then the fruit. So the picture is that when we become fruitful, when I become mature, my, my, my tree, if you want to say it that way, has fruit that's low hanging and other people can pick off the fruit. So when Isaiah is doing deliverance, he's grown to a place of fruitfulness that his discipleship and his life is now bearing fruit. Satan is after that stage of your life. So he's fighting you now when you are in a developmental stage in areas. All of us, including myself, we're moving from faith to faith and glory to glory. We are constantly being transformed and into the image and the likeness of God. And Satan is fighting the revelation that fuels the transformation. And that's really why spiritual attacks come primarily. There are other reasons, but that I feel is one of the most significant reasons why many of you are facing an attack right now. So good. And I want to also add to what you're saying here. All of it is so good is that the level of attack is directly related to the level of destiny. Sometimes the devil prophesies to us by attacking us in a certain way that's maybe you might think, why am I being attacked like this? I'm not really doing much for God. I'm not really out there ministering. I'm not really, but here's where the devil sees. And I don't know how, I know he can't see the future. I know he has to some extent, there's divination, all that. But the thing is the devil oftentimes sees your potential more than you do. The Bible says that Jericho, that the walls were shut tightly because of the children of Israel. So the high level of attack and defense was because the high level of destiny and power that the children of Israel had. So sometimes the attack that you're under is not because of what you're doing, it's because of what you're becoming. And the devil knows that if you grow out of infancy, if you get out of this pacifier baby diaper Christianity, and you grow into a warrior for God, a spiritual sniper as we always say, then he won't be able to stop you then. So he's like, I have to shut you down now before you get a hold of this. I gotta steal the seed now, as you just said, before the seed grows. And that is why if you look at Pharaoh, why he killed the little boys, because Moses the deliverer was being raised up. And, he, and the Pharaoh said, listen, I don't know which one of these boys is gonna deliver this generation, but I have an idea that somebody is gonna be raised up as a deliverer. So Mo Pharaoh said, kill all the little boys. And then Herod raised up. Herod said, I don't know who it is, but there's a boy somewhere here that's going to deliver these people spiritually who would be Jesus Christ. Let's kill all the boys. So the devil is after you in this infant stage. He comes and takes the seed before it becomes the tree because it's harder to cut a tree down than it is to steal a seed. So know that the level attack you're under is the devil prophesying your destiny. I know religious people are gonna clip that. Oh, that's false teaching. Listen, you have to understand that the children of Israel were always getting attacked even when they were broke, even when they were poor because the enemies of God knew who they were going to become. And I wanna prophesy over you that the devil will not stop you, that the devil will not break you, that it is time for some of you to speak Bit the pacifier out of your mouth and understand that there is a real devil. And this is one of the reasons why Apostle Ron the Strange, one of the most common times to be attacked is at nighttime. One of the most common times you hear, I hear, I was sleeping and I got attacked because the devil knows, listen, I can't even mess with this guy or girl during the day. Every time I try to mess with them during the day, they know it's me, they come against me, they plead the blood. So I'm gonna wait until their flesh is sleeping, until their body's sleeping, mm -hmm. but understand that your spirit doesn't sleep. Your soul doesn't sleep. I remember maybe months after getting saved, I had this window in my bedroom and you know I was having lots of spiritual warfare, but I was having demons. And again, this might strike unbelief in people listening. It's okay, it's still true. But I was having demons come and look through my window and I'm like, 
these are not people these are not i would go outside look there's no one there i'm looking through the window and there's these dark shadows and figures that would look through my window and night after night after night and i was like what is going on here why are these and god told me all they're trying to do is strike fear in you they're trying to intimidate you they can't touch you they can't mess with you there's no open door for them to come into so the attack is i'm going to look through his window to get him to be afraid to get him off track and that fear could be an open door for us to jump in and so constantly night after night the lord would just tell me if you ignore them they're going to leave if you so so then I started not giving them any attention. I didn't rebuke them. I didn't. Uh, I was like, I'm gonna pretend they're not there. And sure enough, a few days went by and they were completely gone. They never came back since. They never tried to scare me. Why? Because I understood that they had no power over me. Although they were attacking me, they were trying to bring fear. Some of you, this this is happening to you at night. You're being attacked and you're giving so much energy, effort, and attention. But you need to understand that you have more power and more authority. Now, Samson is a perfect example of this. He's untouchable, he's powerful, he's strong, but the moment Delilah finds out a secret, the moment she knows his weakness, she still can't defeat him until he falls asleep, and that's the moment she pounced on him. Understand from the spirit of Delilah, it only attacks at nighttime when you're vulnerable. The Bible says in Matthew 13 that the farmer sows good seed, but then at nighttime the enemy comes and sows bad seed. Matthew 26, 41, Jesus told the disciples, I'm asking you to pray you're sleeping like guys we have to understand this is not just a physical slumber but there's some of you right now they are spiritually sleeping and you're wondering why is the enemy ravaging my family why is he coming after my marriage why is he coming after my body it's because you're sleeping and tonight God has sent us as spiritual alarm clocks we may be loud we may be repetitive we might might annoy you but we're not here to entertain you we're here to wake you up the purpose of an alarm clock is to wake you up and some of you tonight you're gonna wake up and you're not gonna keep having these over and over again now some of you you need to start putting on the armor of God before bed I do this every single night you need to be careful listen if you're over there watching crazy movies listening to crazy music I would challenge you two hours before bed be careful what you watch because you're opening doors to spirits at night and they're coming in and they're attacking you and ravaging you then you call in our show and you say I don't know why I keep getting attacked at night and then I ask you what are you watching before bed you're like well, I'm just watching The Bachelor I'm just watching The Bachelorette I'm just watching a little a little Harry Potter or whatever it is you guys watch these days and you're opening doors for attack so we need to be careful that we're actually not opening up doors before bed and in our lives for attack because here's the thing we're going to talk about some symptoms of attack some signs you might be under attack but here's the thing, guys. We can only help you with this and pray for you. We can't control the decisions you make. And so you might actually be, and I want to warn you as we go into this, you might be actually inviting the attack. You might be opening the door up for the attack. So you need to make sure that you're not only applying what we're talking about and preaching about, but you're also living a clean life. You're also living a peaceful life. You're also not picking battles that you don't have energy, time, or the resources to fight. This is one of the reasons why I don't call people out. People are like, why don't you call out you know, other preachers by name, call them false, make videos. They're always asking me, y'all, I don't have any time to pick battles. I don't have energy to fight or power to fight or any of that. So you need to be careful on what demons you're putting your finger in their eye. You need to be careful when you're going around challenging people, making videos, arguing on Facebook. It's no wonder the Bible says, while well, we wait for the Lord's return to be found living peaceful, 
and blameless lives. So I just want to challenge you guys with that. Some of you that are being attacked and you're like, I don't know why I'm under the attack. We're going to give you some of these reasons why. And uh, the, the book goes into greater detail. If you don't know, the book's called Overcoming Spiritual Attack. We're going to go into greater detail on these things, or they will go in the book. But these are some of the things you need to know because you might be bringing unnecessary attacks on yourself. You said, how do I put the armor on? You just prayed on. You just you should all know the armor here and you just prayed on before bed. It's not anything crazy. You just speak. I put the armor on and it's a spiritual thing. But I want to go in the first one, Apostle Ryan, if you're okay with that, which yes. is lack of spiritual passion. This is a major spiritual attack I want you to talk about because there's a lot of people in the chat right now that the enemy has robbed you of your passion. He's robbed you of your praise. He's robbed you of your excitement. And so let's talk about the lack of spiritual passion is number one. Yeah, you know, Revelation says that we are priests and kings. And I think you could go in so many different directions of that. But as it relates to that, one of the assignments in the Old Testament, which we know the Old Testament is speaking type and shadow of the kingdom and Jesus. And so one of the assignments of the priest was to keep the fire burning upon mm -hmm. the altar. Now, in the Old Testament, if you went to an altar, you had to go to a physical altar. Now, let me just be clear. I preach in churches. You preach in churches. Altar calls, which People come to the front or the side or wherever it is, and we pray for them. So I'm I'm for those type of altars. However, what I'm painting the picture of is Jesus is living inside of you. So the altar, and you just touched on, you talked about purifying your altar. I can invite attacks by what I look at. I always tell people the two biggest gateways you got is your eye gates ear gates. And so most sin is always going to come here. David is a classic example. The Bible said David, number one, he was at home. He should have been at war. It was the time kings go to war. There's a message about timing there. But David the home sees Bathsheba. Now, look, Bathsheba was out. She was doing what she was doing. David could not avoid that. You can't avoid if there are pornographic images uh, that, that go on the computer uh, as ads to you. I preach in other countries where there's been literally pornographic billboards and things. You can't avoid the reality and existence of those things. But here's where David messed up. When he saw that, he stopped. And he looked at her with desire. And when he felt that desire, he should have removed himself, but he stayed there. And so now what was a temptation became an idol on the altar of his heart. So when you begin to sense this lack of spiritual zeal, this lack of spiritual fire, uh, the intent of that is to choke that fire out. And Jesus was uh, assigned to us to bring the baptism of fire. John the Baptist talked about that. So the lack of spiritual zeal is evidence of a spiritual attack, that the fire of your heart is no longer burning like it was. And most Christians have these kind of attacks where it's like, man, I was just really going after God. I was every prayer meeting. And then I went through this hard, maybe you're saying, I went through a hard breakup and I just never got over it. And now I don't even want to get out of bed one. That is a clear sign of a spiritual attack. You lose your zeal for God. You lose your zeal for prayer. You lose your zeal for the house. You lose your zeal for the things of God. And so that's one of the things on the list. But when you begin to see that, it's very important. You don't just say, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just having a bad month. No, no, no. It could be pointing to something much greater. So, so good. And I think for the lack of spiritual passion, that's one thing that 
I always pray, Lord, you know, people say, you're loud, you shout, you talk fast. And they're like, are you always like that? Anytime I'm preaching, I'm like that. And this is what I've always been, this passion, this desire. There's many things you can say about me, but the one thing you can't say is Isaiah lacks passion. And I know that's one thing the devil wants to rob because the world, listen to what I'm going to say here, chat, is attracted to passion. If you go to a game, if you go to a bar, if you go to a club, everybody's passionate. So don't come up here and say, I'm not passionate. The problem is we're passionate about the wrong things. And what the devil wants to do is he wants to take your spiritual passion and make you passionate for things of his kingdom. And I've seen, especially when you're under spiritual attack is what we're talking about. Number one is lack of spiritual passion or when he re you re get it removed is the devil will use other people. You guys have to remember this. Okay. And I think we mentioned this earlier is the devil uses people. Spirits don't just manifest. They can, but they usually don't. They don't just manifest in front of you and do things, but they will manifest in other people. He'll use ex-girlfriends. He'll use ex-boyfriends. He'll use current girlfriends. He'll use your children. He'll use your coworkers. He'll use people. Have you ever been in a moment where somebody is in your life and you're like, I, and you recognize the devil's using this person right now. The, the devil's using them to get to to take my passion from me. So for example, if you're at a church and someone comes up to you and says, you already know what I'm going to say here. It doesn't take all that, brother. You don't have to praise that way. You don't have to yeah. shout that way. You don't have to scream that way. Maybe for you, it doesn't take all that. But if you knew my story, if you knew my testimony, if you knew what God has brought me out of, there's a reason why I shout. There's a reason why I praise. There's a reason why I have passion. So don't let the enemy use other people to quench your spiritual passion, to lose your passion. If, you, if you're losing your passion right now, you might be under spiritual attack. If you feel like your passion's weighing, you need to go back to your first love. This is what Jesus told the church. He said, listen, you've lost your fire. You've lost your first love. You need to return to what you used to do. Now, the problem is you're so educated now. You're so sophisticated now. You're so Bible college now that the things that you used to do are foolish to you. But the Lord is saying you need to go back to those all night prayer meetings. You need to go back to the passion you used to have, the journaling you used to do, the desire, the fast used to do you used to stay out of those conversations at work now you're in those conversations you used to walk away from those jokes now you're telling the jokes you used to turn off that movie now you're turning on that movie and so the lord is saying if you want your passion back if you want your fire back if you want to break out of this and overcome this spiritual attack you need to return the things that you used to do you need to ask the lord reveal my purpose god remind the lord of his promises don't forget the promises because i believe tonight god is restoring spiritual passion and that attack that's been on you the devil's <clears throat> been trying to steal from you we're going to come against it tonight in jesus name yeah i love that and i think the only thing i want to add i remember being in a revival extended revival meetings and and i remember um being challenged by the lord one night and the lord said to me i want you to get in the floor and so i was like okay i'm gonna get on my knees but it was really god was moving people just laying prostrate on their knees they're weeping and i'm being honest i just really didn't want to do that i was like you know i'm preaching i'm doing Come this on. doing that doing that i'm tired physically and the lord was like i want you to get on your face remember when you were at that place that you were just going after me for the call that was on your life and you were going after me for the assignment and one real area of complacency for us can be when we have a destiny we have a dream given by god even in the church even in preaching and teaching and casting out demons and writing books and blogging for Jesus is that we can find ourselves in a place where it's like, oh man, I dreamt of this down here. And now we're not having the same level of wow. press we have. 
when we wow. were first coming into this. And so God really challenged me, Brian, look, you can't have everybody else. You're preaching them to burn and you're not burning. And Isaiah, I know that I've seen this and you've seen it. I'm not trying to beat up pastors because they have a tough job. But a lot of times it's like, we can be, you know, coming to worship late and we don't want to worship. And we're telling our churches, worship everybody, praise Lord, shout out to God. But we're not doing that. And I believe we've always got to come back to that place of priesthood, that we are priests of the Lord to minister to him, to keep the fire on the altar. And so when you start seeing that lack of passion, it's a huge red light. And I believe many of you that are watching your, the live and replay, you're going to be like, yeah, that's me. That's me. Well, let this be the first indicator that when we pray for you tonight, that this is especially for you because the enemies come after your passion. So that's one of the main points. And I know you have more from the book we're going to talk. About. So good. And I want to I want to say is like you have to be like you just said, intentional with protecting your passion and doing things as you just said, that are undignified to keep yes. your passion. David's like, listen, I could care less. I got the presence of God back. So I'm going to dance naked. I'm going to be undignified. I don't care if my wife makes fun of me. I don't care if the king makes fun of me. I'm going to be undignified before the Lord because it was the Lord that delivered me. So guys, number one, these are so good, man. I love this book so much, is lack of spiritual passion. Number two, talk to me, Apostle Ryan, is extreme frustration. When you're getting frustrated about everything for no reason, this is another sign that you're under a spiritual attack. Yeah, it's a huge sign. So guys, the Holy Spirit constantly is represented with the prophetic picture of oil. Um, mm. You see in the Old Testament, Samuel goes to raise up Saul, pours oil on his head. He goes to raise up David, and Saul's disobedient, pours oil on his head. Uh, Jesus cries out and says in John 7, 37, that rivers of living water are going to come out of our belly, type and shadow of the Holy Spirit. So here's the thing. Think about machinery and think about gears. And when you have gears and machinery, you've got to put grease or oil in order to keep those things moving smoothly. Well, when you take that oil out, those gears are grinding. Wow. There's friction. There's unnecessary strife. There's division. I can look back at a time in my life when I was just telling this story. My wife and I were going through a time in ministry that we were really dealing with what I would now define as burnout and a spiritual mm. attack. At that time, I would have maybe thought it was a spiritual attack. I don't know that I would have thought it was burnout uh, because I just I wasn't aware really of what was going on. But I found myself easily frustrated. Things that normally would not bother you bother me. And I always say this now when I'm healthy. In other words, when I'm spiritually healthy, emotionally healthy, physically healthy, my response to situations is healthy. Mm. But when I'm unhealthy, my response is going to be unhealthy. So put me in the same situation, and I've been with Jesus, and that oil is dripping off of me, and I'm going to respond differently than I would when I am going through a spiritual attack. And so let me just say this. We have emotions. We all have different personality types and different ways we view the world and certain situations we will all react differently. Uh, but when you see a pattern, it's That's like good. you're frustrated. And a lot of times, Isaiah, so you good. don't see it, but the people around yes, you see it. Yes. And they begin to see you're snapping and you're edgy and you're not yourself. And that's evidence because one of the things that demons do, they pressure. Mm -hmm. In fact, one of, one of the, the, the meanings of Satan is, is a pressure. He pressures us. Demons pressure us. I always tell people, the Holy Spirit leads you. He doesn't push you. Come on. Now, the Holy Spirit can get strong with you. I mean, I've seen, I remember praying for a young man that he had a real problem 
with certain moves of the supernatural. And I put my hand on his stomach and literally the power of God went boom and knocked him back against the wall, which was a good distance away. And he later said, hey, when you put your hand, he's a great big guy. I'm very he said, you pushed me. I said, no, no, people were watching. I put my hand on you and God, the anointing pushed you. But what it was is he was really making fun of that. He was resistant of it. And so when he had an encounter with God, it challenged him. But the Holy Spirit in general, if God says, Ryan, I want you to do this, he doesn't like manipulate me. He doesn't control me. He doesn't drive me. He leads me. It will be a, rep, a repetitive leading. He'll send people to prophesy to me. When I'm having prophetic dreams, I'll dream about the thing. I'll wake up in the morning praying. God will remind me that he will lead us. But demons pressure you. Demons bombard you. Demons try to overwhelm you. When you're under spiritual attack, stuff's coming at you from every single side. And that is an attack. And you, as a human, will typically find yourself frustrated if you don't recognize it and deal with it. So many of you, they're like, man, I've been frustrated for months now. That is evidence, along with these other things, of a spiritual attack. And some of you are going to be like, these are all applying to me, and that's because you're probably under a heavy spiritual attack. And you might say, what do I do? You dive into the Word of God. You shut everything down. You say, I'm going to put on the armor. I'm going to get in the Word of God. I'm going to start fasting. I'm going to be at the prayer meeting. Don't be complaining about everything going around when you're not making any effort towards getting mm. freedom and getting deliverance. And I want to say this with, with uh, extreme frustration. What I've come to find is the devil will get you to think it's everybody else around you causing you to be the way that you are when in reality you're the one projecting your frustration on them remember in the garden the devil got adam to blame his wife and the, the wife's like it was adam adam's like it's the wife and, and then no one wanted to take the blame and god said all right it's the snake's fault well i can't forgive the snake so i have to cast you guys out of the garden when all they needed to do was take responsibility and we're being very practical with you guys tonight because this is what you need and saying wait a minute I'm getting frustrated for no reason. The problem is not my wife. Come on, where are you at, ladies? The problem is not my husband. The problem is not my children. I had someone come to me recently. I, I'm so frustrated with my kids for no reason. I can't stand them. I don't love them. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. I don't know why. Now, here's a, a tip for you guys that are, that are taught. We're talking about spiritual attack. If you can't point to a reason why, it's probably a spiritual attack. If you say, I'm going through depression and I can't figure out, there's no reason why I should be depressed. It's probably a demonic spirit or a spiritual attack. So realize if you're extremely frustrated with people, at some point, you need to stop pushing people away because that's what frustration will do. It'll get you isolated, pushing people away and say, wait a minute, this is a trend. This is me. This is not my wife, my husband, my cousin, my aunt, my uncle, my coworker. This is an attack. I need to recognize it. I need to renounce it. And I need to get over it. And I need to stop being in denial. Because one thing that will prolong, and this is the Holy Spirit t speaking to you guys through us, one thing that will prolong spiritual attacks and make them longer than they need to be is denial. Denials. When you yes. deny that you're under attack, when you deny it's the demonic, when you deny that you're the issue, the moment you take responsibility tonight and say, here I am, Lord, that's me, is the moment you start getting freedom from the attacks of the enemy. Because now the devil lost his legal right. He's like, I can't even mess with this guy because he recognizes it's me. So that's number two. Number three, 
Oh man, I love this. Is number three symptom of being under spiritual attack is confusion about your purpose. This is one thing I've seen the enemy do. And this is one, I'm gonna be transparent with you, Apostle Ryan. This is one of the attacks that I come under more than any. The devil will come to me and he'll confuse me about the purpose that God has given me and make me question the purpose that God has given me. Talk to me a little bit about this one. Yeah, so this is one of the one of the evidences to me of being a mature Christian is a divine sense of purpose. Now, mm. let me just be clear. Ecclesiastes says to everything there's a time and seasons. I'm season. I'm really big on seasons. And I don't always believe when you transition, because you've transitioned, I've transitioned, and in major transitions, especially as a Christian leader, people will think, well, you're missing God. Mm. I, I was on another broadcast today that was uh, with a bunch of prophets, and one of the prophets was prophet called me afterwards and just literally began to prophesy. I've never had a detailed conversation with this person about the transitions in my life. And they were like, hey, you, I saw the Lord handing you great big uh, blueprint. There were small ones in the past you executed, but this one's so much bigger. And really just walking me through the past. But there were times in those season shifts that people thought I was crazy. Mm. Uh, they didn't understand. And so I do believe that there are season shifts. And sometimes people don't understand it. Sometimes you don't understand yourself when the Lord asks you to do something that doesn't make sense. But always, I believe, as a Christian and a Christian leader and a mature Christian, we should live with a sense of purpose. One of the things that happens when Jesus' voice is ruling and reigning in our life, there is clarity. There's not four or five voices. When we deal with demons, there's four or five voices. The Bible said, speaks of the Antichrist spirits. Many are already in the world. So there are many voices. But Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. So when we begin to drift away from purpose, like, here's what I mean. I don't mean transitioning seasons. I mean, like, I knew I was called to do this. And now all of a sudden, I'm like, you know, and this has happened to me before, but I've been under extreme pressure, like, you know, maybe I just need to like back off on some of this preaching stuff and just go over here and just sell real estate or do something else. And, and I'm not saying that's evil because some people that's really where God has them. But I'm saying in my life at 16, a voice said to me, I've called you the voice of God. So always in my life, there's got to be some working of the call of God. But when I get under spiritual attack, things that were so clear to me are not clear. And when you are under spiritual attack, things that were clear to you are not clear. And so I would describe it this way, Isaiah. It almost feels like an extreme fogginess. You know, we talk a lot of, sometimes now about brain fog. And that's a real battle people have. But there's a spiritual fog that comes on your mind. It's like you can't see clearly. One of the greatest examples of this and some of the other symptoms is when Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah one day. Elijah's on the mountaintop slaying false prophets. The another day, next day, he's running for his life suicidal under a spiritual attack. He lost his sense of purpose. When you lose your sense of purpose, you lose your sense of commitment. You lose your sense of giving. You don't want to give up your time, your money, your prayers, your resources, and you lose your sense of commitment. And if I can be transparent, some of you that are going to watch this, you say, I remember when I used to excited about helping in the ministry. I used to be, I knew God called me the prayer team, but now I just want to stay at home. I don't even want to get out of bed. That's a sign of a spiritual attack. 
so so good i'll tell you even doing what we're doing now with the live streams i won't go into the whole story about it but people thought i was crazy like what are you I'm doing sure. why are you went from traveling doing services every week to now you're shutting things down and you're live streaming this was before covid there's no there's no covid at all and everyone's like why are you live streaming what are you doing you have this thriving ministry but i just knew it was the lord and for months i wrestled wrestled and the enemy tried to confuse me maybe it's not the lord maybe you're not supposed to go live maybe no one's gonna watch maybe this and i'm so glad and the we're reaching now 2 million people a week on live, but I'm so glad that I did not give in to the voice of the enemy. I'm so glad I did not let the devil bring confusion about the clear destiny and the purpose. I had to remind myself, no, this was the Lord that spoke this to me. This was the Lord that told me to do this. And so I'm not going to allow this attack to stop me. I'm not going to allow this voice to sway me. I'm not going to mm. allow the voice of a demon to overpower the almighty voice of God. I know God has spoken. And some of you, you need to dig deep. I hear the Lord saying this tonight. You need to dig deep and say, wait a minute. I know that God has called me to preach. I know that God has called me to prophesy. I know that God has called me to do deliverance. I know that God has called me to pastor a church or to be a part of this ministry. There's 3,800 live right now. And there's many of you that the enemy has confused you. And we come against confusion in Jesus' name. You have no power. In fact, the most common demon I ever deal with is the spirit of confusion. It's a demonic spirit. It's not from God. And so tonight, in Jesus' name, God is going to bring clarity. And he's going to restore those areas in your life that you've been confused about. And he's going to remind you, no, it was me that called you. It was not some accident, some chance. Oh, maybe I just thought that. No, it was the voice of God. You know it was. And don't let religion get you to back down. Okay, number four, if you're taking notes, sign of being under spiritual attack is lack of peace. And I could relate to this. It's like no matter what you do, you can't find peace. Talk to us about this lack of peace. Yeah, and Jesus is the prince of peace. So understand mm. this. One of the signs of relationship with Jesus is peace. So here's what I like to tell people. The Bible speaks of peace that passes all understanding. So what that is really communicating is there is peace that is not connected to natural wisdom. This is, get a picture of someone going to the doctor and the doctor goes, you know what? You have cancer and you're going to be out of here in six months. And they're sitting there like unmoved, unbothered. Their family's crying. And, and somehow they say, I don't understand this, but I have supernatural peace. That's what it's talking about. It's talking about a peace that is so pervasive in your life, it's literally disconnected from what you're going through. We see this demonstrated when Jesus tells the disciples, cross over, and they get in the boat, and the storm arises, and they're all worked up because they're responding to the adversity. But Jesus is not responding to the adversity. Why is he not responding to the adversity? Because he knew the predetermined outcome, that when he spoke, we're going to the other side, it was done in the realm of the Spirit. So when he gets up, because they wake him up, he goes out, rebukes the storm, but he's still at rest. You can fight the devil from a place of rest. You can engage spiritual warfare from a place of rest. Mm. Now, I know when you, you know, sometimes you pray, you minister, you spend time with people, your body does get tired. But I'm speaking about spiritually and emotionally, yes. there's a place of rest. When you are under spiritual attack, Satan is hammering your mind all the time, hammering your mind, hammering your mind, hammering your mind. And his goal is to get you so overwhelmed that you just break down. And so this is where there's a lack of peace. And I, I this is a bit challenging. The Lord is reminding me because I tend very passionate and very vision driven. So if I'm doing something, it's not working out. My emotions sometimes really want to get going. I have to grab them and bring them back. But the Lord really is challenging. So Ryan, any time in your life 
that you are really outside of peace in some way, some small way, you're outside of me. It could just be as simple as I'm speaking things really contrary to the will of God. It could be as simple as I'm a little bit over in works and not in faith. It could be as simple as I'm doubting something the Lord told me to do. Um, it could be many different things. But any time that you sense that just pervasive lack of peace, I'm not talking about, you know, you got up, got a bad report, cried for five minutes, put your makeup on and went about your day. I'm talking about it's, it's, it's a continual issue. And I want to bring again the conversation when Isaiah said, don't take these things as like, man, I'm a terrible Christian. I don't love God. No, let the warfare be a confirmation that the devil has got faith in the plan of God for your life. So he's fighting it before it gets to where it's going. Your warfare is proactive. It's not retroactive. The devil is fighting you out ahead of where you're going. But a lack of peace is a big, big indicator of spiritual attack. So good. I love this, guys. I know we're an hour, I know, and I know it's you're way ahead of me, but we're going to go through these guys. These are so good. Number five is sluggishness and tiredness. Now, this is one of those that oftentimes we don't recognize as spiritual. And for me, as I minister to people at the altar, I constantly, almost so much to where I'm like, Lord, is this you? Hear the Lord saying, there's an assignment on their rest. There's an assignment mm. on their body, and there's supernatural tiredness on them. And so I'll ask them, hey, you'll sleep 12 hours. You still feel tired? Yes pray we got to break that off you and this is something i've gone through i'm not going through it currently but i've gone under attacks where i'm like i'm sleeping like 10 hours 11 hours 12 hours i'm sleeping in and i'm waking up exhausted and the lord will show me this is a spiritual attack the sluggishness the physical tiredness the weariness if the devil can keep you tired he can keep you out from doing the work of the ministry how many of you in the chat know the ministry is extremely exhausting it's extremely tiring there's days where i'll literally be 10 hours 12 hours straight it takes energy and the last thing i want is tiredness <clears throat> sluggishness to stop me from doing the will of God. So touch on this Apostle Ryan that you talked about in your book. Again, guys, the book, everybody should be getting this. It's in the description of YouTube. It goes into great detail. Most of these points are, you know, 10 pages, maybe 15 pages of detail. But talk, touch on that, the sluggishness and tiredness. Yeah, well, that's evidence of a spiritual attack. Um, it's one of the top signs, actually. You find lethargy, lack of energy. And I want to mention two demons that really can be at work here. One is the spirit of fear. Now, mm. I don't know because I wrestled with the spirit of fear as a long traumatic story about that. We don't have time for because we're taking off these things quickly. But I was introduced to the spirit of fear as a child. Fear, I found out in my mature days of Christian, is connected to anxiety. It's connected wow. to a lot of mental problems and patterns. So a lot of you are dealing with the spirit of fear, and that's one of the agents of attack. Another agent of attack here that gets in this area is the spirit of heaviness. And for people that say, well, that's not a demon. Isaiah 63 says you put on the garment of praise for the spirit or the demon of heaviness. So wow. a lack of energy, lethargy. And again, I like the way you said it. You know, if you worked a 12-hour shift and came home with your body's tired, that's normal. But this is something beyond that where you're just constantly sluggishness. I would immediately stop and go, is there something spiritually? And if I had other ones of these symptoms, that would say to me, yes. Wow, so good. I love I love how you said it there because that's one thing that people are saying in the chat right now, which by the way, guys, if you don't know, I'm reading the chat as he's talking, as we're sharing. I've been reading the chat this whole time if you think we're just ignoring you here. But as people are saying in the chat, 
It's when it's only when I read the Bible. It's only when oh, wow. I pray, I get tired, I fall asleep. And so that's absolutely a demonic spirit assigned. And there is a spirit of slumber. As you just said, there's actual demonic there spirits is. of heaviness um, that are demons that are assigned to keep you tired, to keep you weary, to get you aggravated. How many know when you're tired? If you know me, I get grumpy. When I'm tired, I just in a bad mood. These are all things that are going to push you out of the will of God. Number six, we got three more here. We're going to go through these quick. A strong urge to quit your assignment. Talk to us about this. Yeah, again, that's that pressure. You wake up and you just think, I don't want to do this anymore. Used mm. to be red hot about it. Now you're lukewarm about it. You go to bed at night thinking, what else can I do besides this? Whatever the, wow. this is. It could be whatever area is under attack. This could be your marriage. You'd be sitting around thinking, like, why did I marry this person? I don't want to be with them. I, I, I've seen this. You talked about it earlier. But there's a strong urge to quit. Um, and, and remember this, Satan attacks what threatens his kingdom. So I yes. want to just throw a side thought here. In the very beginning, God didn't create a church. He created a family. So one of the things I think people don't realize, there's legitimate and real spiritual warfare that happens in families, that it's a testimony that people get married and stay together as Christians. It's a testimony that we raise our children. So we can be under attack in those areas. And most affairs typically start with these emotions we're talking about. Yep. And then it goes from there. It can literally be a spiritual attack. So that sign, that wanting to quit, uh, it's almost a tangible desire. That's evidence of Wow, so good. And I think that's one thing I've come under. I think any preacher, well, maybe not any, but uh, has come under not leaving God. And this is where people are mistaken. They're like, I would never leave God. I would never backslide. Neither would I, but I've had tons of times where the devil has got me to want to quit preaching or want to quit ministering yes. or want to back down or slow up or back, you know, back up, never leave God, but to quit the assignment. And I love when you put, how you put in the book, an urge to quit assignment, not to backslide, not to leave God. That's not what we're discussing here. We're talking about the desire to move away from the assignment, move away from the call and the destiny. Number seven. Oh man, this is all, all so good. Again, we can go like an hour in each one of these where is uh, being drawn back to old bondages and old habits. This is like, I feel like all these are so relevant, but this is one where I see the devil so strongly and he doesn't do it quick, Apostle Ryan Lestrange. He doesn't do it quick. He does it slowly. He draws you back. All of a sudden you go from a lifestyle of holiness, whether it's the movies, the music, it could be pornography, it could be drinking, it could be drug addiction, but he slowly brings you back to the bondage that God brought you out of. However, it happens and people say, pastors, leaders, preachers, Christians say, like, like Samson, you're between two pillars with your eyes gouged out saying, how did I get here? I don't know how this happened, but the devil will draw you back. That's one of the assignments of demons is to draw you back to that place of Egypt, that place of bondage, those old habits, those old desires. He'll bring relationships. He'll bring people. In fact, I tell people all the time, listen, if you have a t-shirt from an ex-boyfriend that was abusive, get rid of the t-shirt. Get rid of the ring. I'm, I'm just saying, again, we're not being legalistic because whatever's reminding me of Egypt, whatever's wanting to draw me back, those items bring memories, even music. I could listen to an old song that I used to listen to in the world and I'll immediately be back in that car, going to the party, drinking. I could, I could, I could literally go back just from the music. So these things are powerful that the devil uses to try to draw you back into old habits, to draw you back into old desires. So if you're at a restaurant and you're going there all the time that you used to drink at and you're walking by the bar and you're getting those, just be careful. Make sure there's safeguards up so that he doesn't draw you back into those old habits and desires. 
Yeah, that's huge. And let me just say this. I've never seen somebody fall prey to a spiritual attack. In other words, it full, they fully succumbed to it, that this wasn't the pattern, that they wow. did not go back. I can remember dealing with a young lady coming out of an alternative lifestyle and really having a radical encounter with Jesus, authentic encounter. But there were pre-existing relationships and connections and I try to explain to her, and you touch on. So we deal with demonic doorways. Demons come through doorways in our life. We're going to teach on that tonight. Isaiah's, I'm sure, taught on that. But sometimes relationships are doorways. Sometimes, yes. as he said, objects are doorways. If I come out of witchcraft and I got an astrology book that's in my basement, I really need to get it out of my house because there's spirits attached to that book. I have memories attached to that book. Mm -hmm. So that book is a gateway. Got to get rid of the book. We saw in the New Testament, they have revival. They burned all their witchcraft books. They said, we're not going back to it. So this young lady, um, I kept telling her, look, you, I, I'm not trying to be mean. Jesus loves everybody. Those friends of yours can get saved, but you're not strong enough Yep. To put yourself around yeah. them when they are mentally and emotionally reminding you of an old thing. And Second Peter two twenty two talks about a dog returning to vomit, a washed pig returning to yeah. the mud. So when you are under that attack, usually here's what happens: something that you really got set free from. Isaiah gave a lot of his say that I used to be an alcoholic and I got radically set free and I just am stressed out and my coworkers Come like on. look you can just have one drink it, it won't bother you it's okay and now I slowly I start returning to that place that God brought me out of and that's I would say in all the symptoms we've given you this one if you see this beginning this would be like a yellow caution like you, you're coming to a red light and if you don't watch it, what happens when you go through a red light and there's oncoming traffic, you get hit. And so Satan is th at this point is really upping his attack to try to take you out. And this is when you need to pause. You need to discern. I'm under an attack. You need to get prayer. You Come need on. to bind the devil. You need to confront the attack, the word of God, because this is a real damaging place. And when you see this, it's evidence I'm in a dangerous place here. And I want to remind you guys, love this so much. I want to remind you guys, we're giving you symptoms. If you go to the doctor and the, you say, doctor, I don't know what's wrong. I'm having, I think it might be this. They're going to say, what are the symptoms? These are the symptoms of a stroke. These are the symptoms of a flu. These are the symptoms of diabetes, right? If I have these symptoms, I could identify this is what it is. So guys, we're giving you these eight symptoms. I'll give you guys the last one here so that you can identify what you're going through. You're di we're diagnosing you and say, wait a minute, this is a spiritual attack. This is not just random. This is not just me. Because for a long time, I thought it was just me. I thought I was just tired. I thought I was just stressed out. I thought I was just, you know, discouraged. I thought I was just wanting to go back. But now I'm realizing I'm under an attack. Now I could go ahead and fight that attack. What we just said with fasting, with prayer, with the word of God, with listening to sermons, with getting trained, with getting in these live streams. These are all ways that we come against these attacks. Some of you right now in Jesus name, the fog is coming off you anyways, and God is delivering you right now. And as we're talking, you're getting delivered. As we're talking, the attack is being broken. As we're talking, now how do you, how, if someone's attacking you, how do you overcome the attack? You defend yourself. That's how you. So this is what we're teaching you is how to defend yourself against the attacks. We're gonna. I'm gonna do the last one here. I'm gonna have you guys write it down, and then I'm gonna ask you, Apostle Ryan. You don't have to. You, you can if you want, but I want to honor your time. 
I know we've already touched on this one, but I do want to just give it to the chat because we told them that was going to be eight. But number eight is questioning a direction and a call that was once very clear. And we did touch on that one earlier. So I want you guys to write that down. And then I want to ask you, Apostle Ryan, of course, if you want to say anything or any closing remarks. But I do want to ask you before I get you off here, if you would just pray over the chat. I know there's many people right now that have been saying, pray for me. Please, would you pray for me? Let's just pray a prayer just to break these attacks, break these assignments, and just to pray clarity. And then I believe many people right now we're going to break out of these in jesus name amen absolutely amen. well i just want to say thank you thank you for the people thank you and i, I want to pray and please as isaiah direct you get the book it'll really help you so yes. uh, i really hear the lord saying there's a young lady i can't chat on facebook or youtube running right now but i hear the lord saying there's a young lady named rebecca and the lord said rebecca i've called you you're fearfully and wonderfully made and the lord said You've been under a real mind attack, Rebecca, especially in the area of self-esteem and identity. And the Lord said, I'm bringing deliverance to you right now in the name of Jesus. I hear the Spirit of God say, I'm bringing deliverance to those with the spirit of fear and anxiety. I'm bringing deliverance to those with the spirits of heaviness. And as Isaiah said, a spirit of slumber. So I want to pray specifically over those three spirits and then just pray generally over spiritual attacks. And uh, as we're praying, if you feel something, you know, trying to come out of you, let it out. You feel uh, tears coming down, you let the tears flow. Let the power and the anointing of God come. If you don't feel anything, it's all right. We've commanded and these things have to obey us in Jesus' name. So let's pray. Father, I thank you right now for the people of God. I thank you, Lord, that you said the anointing destroys the yoke. I release the anointing of the Holy Spirit now. I break and bind the spirit of heaviness right now. Everybody that's battling heaviness and that is weary, I break the spirit. I command the spirit of heaviness, come out. In Jesus' name, up and out of the people right now. I break mood swings associated with heaviness. I break lethargy. I break it in the name of Jesus. I break and bind the spirit of slumber. You foul spirit of slumber. This harassing people's bodies and their minds. You cause them to lose their zeal. I break your power. I command you in the name of Jesus. Come out now. Go from the people of God. I command. I see it going right now. I see people getting breakthrough right now. I release the Micah 2 breaker anointing to break slumber, to break fear, to break anxiety in Jesus' name, to break lethargy right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus. I, I break heaviness in Jesus' name, that heaviness has to go. I break fear, uh, anxiety, worry. I hear the Spirit of God say those that have constant mind traffic. Uh, yeah, there's someone that, a young man that you've got constant mind traffic, and you say, my God, I don't know what to do. I command this tormenting spirit, loose your mind. In the name of Jesus, I command every tormenting spirit, go right now. I break your power. I plead the blood of Jesus right now over minds. I plead the blood of Jesus over minds. I break attacks over preachers. Preacher, you will not give up. Preacher, you will not quit. If you're a preacher and you've been under attack, I want you to just say two words as two words of surrender. Just say, I will. You're saying it to Jesus. I will. Lord, you see the preacher saying, I will. They will preach. They will surrender. They will obey you. And I break heaviness off the preachers. I break weariness. There's a preacher you were delivered out of drinking. And you've recently begun to drink again. I break this alcoholism spirit in Jesus' name. That is in the bloodline of this. I break it in the authority, the spirit of addiction, in the authority of the name of Jesus, I break it. And Father, I thank you now 
for breakthroughs breaking out in the chat. I thank you for breakthroughs breaking out in minds, breakthroughs breaking out in bodies. Jesus, we lift you higher than any attack. We believe that the blood of Jesus is right now. And I plead the blood of Jesus over your people. I thank you that he who son sets free is free indeed. And in the authority of the name of Jesus, we expel every demon. Now you let it go. Every demon, we expel you yes. in Jesus' name. Loose the people of God. The blood of Jesus is against you. And I say to every person today, be free. Be free. Now, Father, I release the anointing that sets captives free and destroys yokes right now in Jesus' name. Now, just let the anointing minister to you. And Isaiah, I know you can the chat. You may have things. So I just release it now and hand it over to you yes lord and there's so many people in the chat right now that are receiving people are saying i'm coughing i'm vomiting i receive it in fact when you said that girl's name she typed probably 10 seconds before you said her name i believe it was rebecca literally typed right before you said her name there was a rebecca that said thank you lord and so god is moving there she is right there rebecca in the chat praise the lord on facebook rebecca god is touching you tonight thank you lord that people are depressions breaking anger's breaking i really felt while you're praying that extreme frustration is being broken in jesus name and that God is releasing peace, he's releasing rest, and he's releasing patience over you. And some of you are gonna notice this in your husband. He's gonna become patient. He's not gonna be frustrated all the time. And so Father, we thank you that you're delivering tonight, that you're freeing tonight. Guys, keep spamming your testimony in the chat there. Apostle Ryan the Strange, we have 4,000 people on live right now. Thank you so much, this was incredible. Guys, I want every one of you, I wanna challenge you to give something I'm gonna sow into him tonight. My order of business right when I end is to send him something regardless, but I wanna challenge the 4,000 of you watching. If you were blessed, do not dine and dash. So something, but Apostle Ryan the Strange, I have your links in the description. Please, everybody make sure. I know a lot of you are going to be listening on Spotify and Google Play. Go look him up on YouTube. It's Ryan Lestrange on YouTube, on Facebook, on his website. Subscribe to the channel. Tons of amazing content. The fire of God is just on this ministry. Make sure everybody's subscribing, get in the live streams. Apostle Ryan, anywhere else we can find you, e-courses, anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, listen, for those who want equipping, as you said, one of my passions is e-courses. I have e-courses on deliverance. We have an e-course on sexual demons uh, that is very, very powerful. We have a deliverance e-course. You can find all of those at lestrangeglobal.shop or lestrangeglobal.com. And then my ministry website is ryanlestrange.com. And the book we talked about is on that one, ryanlestrange.com. But again, I want to stay in touch with you guys. I want to equip you. So if you go to Lestrange Global. My last name, the word global dot shop. And then I'm on pretty much the major social media platform. So please like, share, follow. I would love to stay in touch with you. Yes. And guys, all of that he just mentioned is also in the description. So make sure you just hit that little arrow, make the description wider. And then his Facebook page is linked on Facebook. So if you're on Facebook right now, I know some of you are older, no hate there. And you're like, I don't know how to get to it. Click on his page, is linked right there on the top, it's blue. Click on that and you can find all of his links on his Facebook, you could follow there. And then if you're on YouTube, which 3,000 of you are, oh, more than 3,000, you can go ahead and look in the description, subscribe to the channel, and then go ahead and find those links. Apostle Ryan, thank you so much for being on tonight. I appreciate you, I know it's what, 10.30 for you right now? So I know it's yes, late yes. for you, your third broadcast, and you poured out, a, and I just wanna say thank you so much. God is on the move and we'll definitely, we need to uh, stay in touch. We'll talk about what we were talking about later. Um, tomorrow we'll touch base or something. All right. Thank you. Thanks I so love much. you. Believe in you. Have a good night. Love you, man. Thanks. Have a good night. Take care. Bye.
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content and please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.